This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 24, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court has stayed the president's clean power plan to allow lawsuits against the plan to move forward. Republican Senator James Inhofe of Oklahoma chairs the Senate's Environment and Public Works Committee. We spoke yesterday. When President Obama makes these sort of pledges on behalf of the United States uh, to reduce emissions, the the growing industrial powers don't play ball, like China, India. Oh no, China! China is laughing about it. In fact, China said in their statement at the same time that our president said he's going to have this twenty six to twenty eight percent reduction, China said, "Well, we're not going to. In fact, we're going to continue a new uh, coal fired uh, generation plant every ten days." For at least until 2025. Then we'll start and re-looking at it and decide whether or not we're going to want to do it. Uh, India said the same thing. So the places where the the problem is a, a serious problem, they're going to increase. They're hoping that we'll pass something over here because then our manufacturing base will end up over in China. And so they, they're not going to be playing this game. The Supreme Court has stepped in to issue a stay in the president's clean power plan to uh, reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions. So what does that mean for states that otherwise would be complying with that plan right now? Or are they still complying with it? No, no one's complying because the plan isn't out there. Uh, the, the clean power plant is something that Obama came through with, but you have to understand a little bit of the background before knowing where we are today. This all started back about uh, year 2000. And in 2003, the McCain-Lieberman bill were both uh, were a, a bill to have um, uh, a green, uh, greenhouse gases under a control so that you don't have a... Um, uh, you know, have a cap and trade to lower emissions. Now, this has been going on ever since that time. That was back 2003. Now the president has given up, and like a lot of the things that Obama is doing, those things which he could not get passed legislatively, he's trying to do through regulations. And so the votes clearly weren't there the five times that we voted on this issue in the United States Senate. So now what has happened is the courts have come along and have said essentially what we said when we were fighting this thing. They said, well, look, everyone's suing on the clean power plan. We now have 27 states who have filed lawsuits against the EPA on the clean power plan. Uh, we have uh, trade associations, labor unions. There is a total of about 150 lawsuits that are out there. So the United States Supreme Court has come uh, out and said, well, until we, we're going to stay this thing until we resolve the litigation. Well, that litigation could be take a long time, as everyone who is, uh, is observing us right now knows. It's a long process. There is a dance that goes on between regulators and Congress. Congress writes vague laws, sends it to regulatory agencies. Regulatory agencies, in, in many cases, make good faith efforts to try to understand uh, the, the letter of this vague law. Uh, sometimes they overreach. Sometimes they overreach intentionally. How much of a problem of uh, regulation, regulatory overreach is caused directly by Congress's poor drafting 
uh, of laws. Here's the problem that you have. You have an EPA. It's a giant bureaucracy. It's run by professionals. And if they get a conservative in the governor's, uh, in, in the president's uh, White House, then they know that that's something that's just temporary and that, that it'll go away after a while. So you see the EPA uh, back during the Clinton years, they, they were just in seventh heaven. They thought everything was great. And then, of course, when Bush came along, they restricted it. What the um, what the EPA wants to do is to um, is is to regulate in a way that will that will carry out what the, is in the White House. And most times, of course, right now you have an extremist in the White House. So they're doing everything they can through regulations that they can't do through legislation. So I would say that it's. There are two things working here. One, you have a lot of bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats, who are entrenched in the um, in the EPA. And then the second thing is you have the ones that are really wanting to carry out the extreme positions, such as we have right now with uh, President Obama. And so the EPA is there to inflict the, the damage that they can in terms of, of our ability to generate the power necessary to run this machine called America. How would you change the EPA's mandate? We tried to do that after the Clinton administration and uh, some of the in the next administration was one that wanted to be more realistic. And we attempted to do that and we attempted to do it by passing laws. But the problem you have is we've been in a situation where if we have a majority, then you have you don't have a veto proof majority. So you can't really, uh, Caleb, you can't really change the law because you have to have a veto proof majority because right. Let me give you an example. A CRA is something not many people know about it. That's called a Congressional Review Act. A Congressional Review Act says that if you're an, if something happens and the regulators uh, do something that's very punitive and beyond their control, then then we can change that. We who are elected officials, we do it by filing a CRA. It takes a simple majority in the Congressional Review Act to uh, to overturn that. That's 51 in the Senate. However, then the president vetoes it. Then you've got to go back to a two-thirds majority. This happened in terms of the emissions that the, uh, the, that the EPA has been trying to do. We did a, a CRA, and it passed. And then as we recessed for Christmas, very quietly, the president vetoed it. So the CRA, which would have done away, taken the power away from the, um, from the unelected bureaucrats, it, it, it didn't work, hasn't worked so far. How does that compare? That process compare with what's proposed in the uh, Rains Act? Uh, it's it's same. Th it's really the same thing, but approaching it a little bit differently. I'd say I, I'm sub in support of both of them. However, we get it accomplished. But the problem is, both of them can. You have to end up with a majority with the Rains Act or with a Congressional Review Act, and this is what we don't have now. And this is why. This has gotten so outrageous that the courts have intervened. I mentioned a minute ago the the water jurisdiction. They intervened uh, in that, and right now uh, they they have uh, they put a stay on that until the lawsuits and all that can settle down. So this is the same thing as they did in the, in the WOTUS Act. They are doing now, and that's why. People are saying, "Well, no, the the uh, um, the uh, um, the circuit here in Washington is going to try is going to hear this case in June of this year." Well, yeah, they can hear it, and they can even call it back the entire court instead of just a small three-man panel. 
and they can go ahead and maybe even reverse it. But if they do, the Supreme Court will say, no, that's not effective. There's no reason to do that because we have already said that we're going to put a stay on until all these lawsuits are addressed. How does the clean power plan, as it's uh, been rolled out, how does that affect natural gas? Well, we don't know because, you know, it may have taken Nancy Pelosi uh, six months to realize that natural gas is a fossil fuel, but people know that now. Uh, we, we have a uh, alternative that's called field switching. And, and, and right now, as a result of what has happened, our utility MAC that was been a couple of years ago now, the fact that people who are purchasing power uh, are people who are looking at to what's the future going to be. And, and the coal industry has already been severely damaged because uh, even though it hasn't happened yet in terms of the reduction in killing coal, as they say, Still, the fact that it looks like there is the political will to do that, and it's going to happen, and if it does happen, then they're going to have to go ahead and start field switching now. So the damage has already been done. The uh, CO, uh, natural gas, and I'm from a big natural gas state and oil state in my state of Oklahoma, uh, the people realize in natural gas that this could be a temporary switch. And what they're trying to do and what the president has said is we want this is a war on fossil fuels. A war on fossil fuels. That's what this president has. This is his legacy, one of his legacies. And if you if you kill fossil fuels, I go back to Oklahoma and people say, well, wait a minute, Inhofe. If, uh, if we are dependent upon fossil fuels for 85% of the power to run this machine called America, and the president is successful in killing fossil fuels, how do we run the machine called America? The answer is, you can't. James Inhofe is the Republican chairman of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee. Read more about the challenge to President Obama's plans to regulate energy at our website, cato.org.